This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday, everyone, February 12th, and happy birthday to Abe Lincoln. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who knows all about a quality fan pack. Or is it fanny pack, Jerem? Fan pack. No, it's fan pack. Uh, fanny pack is what Jamal Williams says. Uh, get ready for Cougar Hoops in March. We are giving away five basketball fan packs that include an autographed basketball, Roku, so you can watch the Cougs, official team shirt, poster, and more. Wow. Go to, to BYSN.com for details. Essentially, the more you follow uh, our social media accounts, download the apps, that kind of thing, uh, subscribe to some things, the more entries you have for a chance to win one of five. The giveaway runs through February 24th. BYU Broadcasting employees and relatives are ineligible. So, Whitney, sorry, you cannot win. Oh, bummer. We want to swag everybody else out, though, for sure. And we would like you to enjoy our loaded Friday show lineup, including the best and worst-case scenarios for BYU basketball and their NCAA tournament seating 30 days out from Selection Sunday. Assistant coach Chris Burgess will join us live to discuss that positioning and much more. BYU football projected to have a top-25 offense in 2021, how does that work when you lose a top-five quarterback, All-American offensive lineman, and the Cougars' top receiver? Plus, game day for number 1 BYU men's volleyball, and let's spin the wheel of consequence because it's a Friday. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. No BYU men's basketball game this weekend, so let's get straight to the Bracketology update. ESPN, 9 seed. The Athletic, 9 seed. Indicates 9 seed. Bracket Matrix, 8.25 seed. And team rankings is pretty evenly split between the possibilities of a 7, 8, or 9, about 13 to 15% there. So you're sitting in that kind of 8, 9 spot right now. Number one ranked men's volleyball hosts number seven Pepperdine tonight. Nine Eastern in the first of two matches set in Provo. BYU remained number one in the ABCA coaches poll, dropped to number two in the media poll. After splitting their opening series with UCLA, both games against the Waves will be broadcast live on BYU TV and the BYU TV app with Jerem Jordan and Steve Vale on the call. Women's Hoops defeats Pacific 65-52 yesterday in Stockton. 13-3 now, how about that? Led by Paisley Harding, Shaley Gonzalez, both poured in uh, 14 points each. Lauren Gustin had 10 points, 13 boards for her ninth double-double of the season. She's second in the country in boards per game. That's amazing. Cougars play a big one at St. Mary's tomorrow, 2 Eastern. BYU men's cross-country voted the unanimous number one in the West Coast Conference preseason poll. Not a shocker because the Cougars are currently ranked number one overall in the USTF-CCCA poll. After winning the Silver State Challenge earlier this month, BYU has won the last five West Coast Conference championships. Cougars Casey Klinger, Brandon Garnica, Connor Manson, Clayson Shumway selected to the preseason All-WCC team. Number seven, women's soccer takes on number three, UCLA, tonight. 8 Eastern on BYU Radio on the road. It's a big match, man. Then uh, top 10 USC on Monday. Number 11, gymnastics is in Cedar City to compete with number 18, Southern Utah. The flippin' birds. Let's go. That's a real thing. People keep questioning that. No, it's real. All BYU does is have ranked teams right now. Isn't it fun? It's fun, man. Except for men and women's basketball, but yeah. But they're projected to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about rankings and hoops. 
Which, yeah, the tournament matters most. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Gone is heralded quarterback and Heisman Trophy candidate Zach Wilson. He's projected to be a top-five NFL draft pick. His top offensive lineman, Brady Christensen, also projected to go to the NFL. Dax Milne, the Cougars' top receiver, trying to make his NFL dreams come true. He left early, yet... Bill Connolly of ESPN has BYU's offense in the top 25 projected offenses for 2021. So, Jerem, how does that work? Can BYU be a top 25 offense when they lose their three big guns? Still could, uh, but perhaps could not. I'm not expecting BYU to be a top 25 offense. And by what metric? What do you mean? Like scoring? Is that where we're going to go off here? I'm not sure how Bill Connolly breaks that down. Uh, in terms oh, of, in his projection? Yeah. Like, what do we want to uh, – okay. Uh, sure, yay. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know. I think we need to figure that out. Um, Aaron Roderick and Fessy Tatake are back. That's great. Uh, Aaron Roderick's the official OC, worst kept secret in BYU football last uh, two years. Fessy Tatake has an increased role as the passing game coordinator. That's great. Um, same QBs as 2019, right, that filled in for Zach Wilson. So that's good. Started a couple of times. Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall. We'll see with Joe, Jacob Conover how he fits into the mix in the competition for the starter. Got to replace first-team All-American left tackle. That's always a big deal. Thousand-yard receiver. That's always a big deal. I do think BYU can have a good offensive line again. I'm excited about it. Daryl Funk in the mix uh, as the coach. Gunnar Romney, I think, can replace Dak Milne's, Dax Milne's production. I think he could be a thousand-yard type guy. I think if if Dax Milne wasn't there and, and Gunnar was there and BYU played that same season again. With Zach Wilson, I think Gunnar Romney would have 1,000 yards. Um, and he got hurt, and he could have had 1,000 yards. So perhaps Isaac Rex and Dallin Holker beefed this up a little bit. Isaac Rex won't just be a uh, red zone threat. He'll be more than that now. And then Dallin Holker's there, which is great. Two-back punch, 1,000-yard guy with Tyler Algier, always good. Um, I don't think BYU will have a 1,000-yard receiver or rusher per se just because of the strength of schedule. But I could see BYU being a good offense. If BYU's top 40... I'm pretty happy because that puts you in the eight-win scenario. Again, it's going to be tougher with uh, seven power fives and Boise State on the schedule. Okay, the SP Plus projections. Let's remind people, again, this is an overall metric. Your question is a valid one. Let's According to scoring, what? Total yeah. yards, total offense. Yards per game, yards per play. Yeah. Let's just do scoring. That's what matters. Okay, so he, he has explained that it's returning production, recent recruiting, and recent history. It's almost too subjective. <laughs> Recent history? How do I? Yeah. Everything I, about I, these projections is subjective. I, I would rather just do scoring offense, yeah. Okay. Well, or yards per play, that like leads to the points. So if you'd like to make it that question, then I, I present that to you then. It's, Will, it's is, so general, it doesn't matter right is now. Is BYU yeah. capable of having a top 25 scoring offense, having lost everything they did? Yeah. We're not going to sit here paid by BYU and say no. <laughs> they're not capable. <laughs> of course they're capable. It just depends on the quarterback play. It's as simple as that. It comes down to that. You can have Tyler Algier, and you can have Gunnar Romney, and Neil Pau, and Isaac Rex, and Dallin Holker. Jerem, if the quarterback isn't getting it done, then BYU's not going to have a top 25 offense. It's a simple concept in football. If you have a stud playing quarterback, you're probably going to have a top 25 offense. So the question is, is there enough returning experience with Baylor Romney, Jaron Hall, or Jacob Conover to lead BYU against that seven power five opponent schedule and Boise State, much more difficult schedule than what BYU faced in 2020, and be a top 25 offense. 
Yeah, it, it comes down to the quarterback. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I feel like I can trust Baylor Romney to not lose the game. I feel like Jaron Hall has shown us flashes of brilliance, but understandably his health is in question. So if he can't stay healthy, then they're probably not going to have a top 25 offense. And Jacob Conover is the big mystery. He's the guy that said no to Nick Saban in Alabama. He wanted to come to BYU, four-star guy. He was awesome with Gunnar Romney at Chandler High School in Arizona, but it's been a while since he's played, since he started a game. He hasn't started a Division One game. So can we? Ba- Baylor and Jaron barely have. Can we put They've Jacob Conover in and say, yeah, BYU should be a top 25 offense with a brand-new quarterback? Well, it's not just brand-new quarterback. It's a like freshman. A freshman. I, I don't want Jacob Conover to play a down this year. I don't. I want him to just watch and learn mm. because you have, uh, you know, Baylor Romney, an ex- uh, experienced in the program guy, and Jaron Hall trying to get healthy. Those two guys should have the time this year to me. Um, Dave McCann feels like Jacob Conover is going to be the guy. I, if he's the guy, then wow, he must be really good because we feel like Baylor is a solid quarterback. Jaron, we have yet to really see what he can do. Like, we saw South Florida gets a concussion in that game. We saw first half Utah. We've barely seen Jaron Hall play. If yeah, you combined first, yeah. Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall's experience, it wouldn't be that much in terms of starts. It'd be like, what, five starts or something? It's not that many. Um, and, yes, Baylor has a great win against Boise State. But they also have some head-scratching losses uh, or loss combined together against South Florida. So – it's it's interesting. I I really hope that Jacob Conover just uses this year as a, a just a watch year, a clipboard year, a get ready for when it's his turn year, which might be 2022. But I honestly, I I kind of want it to be Romney and Hall, some combination of that this year. I will say this much: Jaron Hall, if healthy, is the one that makes me feel most confident about BYU having a top 25 offense. Because of the skill set that he brings yes, and how he explosive can, he is. He can make a play against a Power 5 team with his legs. Health you assumed, I, mean? yeah. I feel like, yeah, BYU could have a top 25 offense with Jaron Hall because and, he opens up a lot of different options. Right, and I'm not sure I can assume anything with his health at this point, right? You're saying if he's healthy, I, I get it. But is he healthy? He's not playing baseball. So that's a sign that he's all in yeah. uh, on the campaign for BYUCougars.com yeah. and this season. Okay, yeah. Baylor Romney, eh, top 40, 50. Jacob Conover's probably somewhere in the mix uh, for the same numbers there. But Jaron But Hall, hard to know. Yeah. Yeah, we need to see the, the, him play. We know he's good. Okay, topic two. We're 30 days out from Selection Sunday for March Madness. 30? Okay. It's coming down to the wire. What's the best case and worst case scenario for the Cougars' seed line? BYU's probably not going to have another opportunity to play Gonzaga because I don't think Gonzaga is going to play in the yeah, West Coast Conference Tournament. Yeah, it's over. Okay. Uh, they, they don't need to. I mean, everything that their head coach has said. So... That, to me, is like the last potential statement game for BYU to jump up a couple of seed lines if they were able to pull off an upset. So if BYU plays their remaining three regular season games, a couple of quad twos on the road, a quad three at home, and some other teams lose and they get some help from their resume and Boise State and Utah State and San Diego State continue to win. St. John's. St. John's all of a sudden like was flirting with a quad one win because they're a top 50 team and they're inching up towards that. Then maybe BYU is a seven seed. I feel like that is the best case based on what we know or what we think we know BYU has left on the schedule. If BYU has a St. Mary's reschedule, I'm over San Francisco right now. They're 92 in the net. And so at 
Provo, it would be a quad three game. So it's yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, yeah. BYU Let's, took care of business on the hilltop. They don't need to play San Francisco Let's now. Let's not get it on the schedule. So St. Mary's, BYU wins that game, and they win four games going into the West Coast Conference Tournament. Maybe beat St. Mary's again for the Conference Tournament title. I still think a seven seed is about as good as BYU could possibly hope for. If BYU loses a game or loses early in the WCC Tournament, then probably like a 10 or an 11. Yeah, I feel the same way. But here's the thing. if BYU, Let's say BYU is a seven seed. That means they'd be an eight. Typically, BYU drops uh, one line to, uh, almost always because of the Sunday play thing. So if we think BYU is a seven, then it's probably an eight. I, I'm guessing, like, if I had to pick what seed BYU is going to be on Selection Sunday, I would go eight, maybe nine. If I would rather be 10, though, than eight or nine. We've talked about this. I'd rather be 10, 11, 12 than I would eight, nine. So uh, BYU's holding steady the last couple weeks at, at eight or nine seed. So we're like best best is like, yeah, BYU wins out, wins the WCC tourney. I'm with you. I, if I'm Gonzaga, I do not go to Vegas. I do not go to Vegas because why would I expose myself to a bunch of other teams that I'm going to beat anyway? I just get ready for Indy because Gonzaga's goal isn't to win the WCC tournament. It's to win the national championship. Yes, that's been a thing that they've done uh, often, uh, but no, I wouldn't go. I think BYU should go and should try and win that tournament because that's the thing BYU hasn't done since 01 when UNLV wasn't eligible in that <laughs> tournament. Similar situation, right? BYU, frankly, historically has been terrible in the conference tournament. Um, so it'd kind of be fun, albeit with Gonzaga out, to play in it and win it because BYU would still get that trophy. There'd be an asterisk in the history books, but BYU comes home with the trophy, and it's a confidence builder, and maybe it helps you go up a seed line. <laughs> Gonzaga maybe. leases the trophy for a year. They're like, here, we <laughs> want it back. But, uh, so was it Andy Katz that told us that technically the league can define what they do with, in terms of the, the winning of the – like, could the league say, hey, Gonzaga, you're the auto bid? With the regular season championship, like, they could. Hey, the, I've, I've never even really understood like the allure of the tourney. It's a money-making thing for the league, uh, for a league. Because why would you play 16 games and say, nope, this doesn't determine the winner. These rando three games in a row do. <laughs> well, it's to give everybody a chance to have this Cinderella run in the tournament. It's the NC State theory their, in 1983 when they were seventh in the ACC. They had no business, yeah. and they went all the way to the national championship. In the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's the NCAA tournament for the losers, for the teams that don't make the NCAA tournament. Mm. That's what a conference tournament is. And I'm, when you have multiple bids, yeah, well, and it gets you a chance to get another team in. So I, I get the reasons for it, but I'm just like, so you play 16 games so that you can play three Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, now, and then that was a concern that some people had was... Mighty dollar. Hey, uh, well, what if St. Mary's wins it? Then the WCC has to send them. No, the, the conference regulations, especially in COVID now, with all the exceptions, are such that the league can say, Gonzaga's our auto bid. Well, they'd be stupid to do okay. so. It'd be $1.7 million you're saying no to. And then we'll see what happens and, in Las Vegas. And a quick note on that. People, people have, have come up to me and asked me, like, hey... The league's not a three-bid league. I go, the tourney doesn't look at it by bids per league. They just look at the individual teams. They don't look at, yes, that's a factor, but it's not like, oh, we can't put BYU in now because St. Mary's won the tourney without Gonzaga. That's not how it functions based on what Tom Holmes has told to us being in that room. 
It's very, very interesting. BYU is still holding strong, by the way, at 27 in net. All of their metrics are right around uh, the 30 mark on average, which is just really good. And pacing for a nine seed, according to most uh, bracketers. ESPN, Andy Katz, The Athletic. So we'll see. Take care of business. Maybe win four or five games. Jump up to a seven seed line. feel like that's best case. Our question of the day. Does it even matter to any of you? What seed BYU is if they get into the NCAA tournament? Because it's been six years since BYU's played a tournament game. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Ben Peterson at Twiggy Stone answers on Twitter. My first reaction is to say no and that it's all about matchups. But the fact is that the better your seed, the more likely you are to advance. This is because you are a better team. So, yes, if BYU has a good seed, it means they are playing at a high level. An eight seed is still playing at a high level. It's just yeah. tough because you get into the first round and it's a toss-up game. I'm coming around I'd rather more. be a slight underdog thinking ahead. But, honestly, it's about BYU getting there. And then if BYU can win one game, awesome. I'm coming around right. to the idea of the 8-9 game as long as BYU is not in Baylor's bracket because they've played the best team in college basketball twice already. And they play the third best team, not the second best yeah. team. Yeah, so it's like as long yeah. as it's not Baylor, whatever. But just winning a game would be nice. It'd be awesome. Yeah, and, and BYU does not shoot the three well enough to compete with a one seed. They just don't. BYU's got to be able to shoot the one better, or the three better. Okay, coming up, which former NFL receiver doesn't buy into Zach Wilson? What? Plus, BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess on Gideon George, the deep blue viral moment, and what does he think about all this seeding business? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, number one, BYU men's volleyball, taking on number seven, Pepperdine, nine Eastern on BYU TV. Will Stanley expected to continue to start for BYU at Saturday. That was a big deal a week ago, uh, on, on Thursday at least, eight days ago, but uh, top ten matchup tonight. We are live in Studio B on a Friday with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess. He was the number one ranked recruit in all of high school basketball coming out of that stage of his life, and he's still number one in our hearts. Chris, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. appreciate you guys having me on. So, funny story, Chris. You, you told me one time, you said when you were younger, you played on the same, like, what, AAU team as Baron Davis, and people would come watch you, and you'd go, dude, watch him. <laughs> yeah, that's 100% true. So, I back in fourth or fifth grade, uh, Baron was on a team called K-Swiss, and his teammate was actually Paul Pierce. Whoa. <laughs> um, and they're on this, this K-Swiss Los Angeles team, and I played for a team called PTI, which stood for Performance Training Institute. And we had some really good players too. We had Jason Hart, right? Played in the NBA, played at Syracuse. What in the world? Um, yeah, we, we were. I mean, we had some. We had a bunch. Of, it was a really good team. Two best teams in Southern California for sure. And then we ended up recruiting Baron <laughs> a couple of years later. And so he was really good. He was really small. He was really small. And then I swear, from seventh, eighth, ninth, everyone kind of forgot about him because he went to this really small. Um, high school called um, Crossroads High School in Santa Monica, which was actually a, in a suburban town. Like um, um, like actors 
children went there. Let's put it that way, right? And so everyone was like, what happened to Baron? What happened to Baron? And then his sophomore, he's like six foot four, the athlete you guys all saw in the NBA. And I mean, I had kind of know, right, because we were playing AAU. And so we were really close friends all through high school and played on the AAU. And then we actually, um, there was a select team that was called, that went to Germany for the all Albert Schweitzer games. And it was like Team USA basketball versus all these different countries. And I got invited to it. And I was like, you guys got to, you guys got to, um, invite bear davis like he's because he always made me like a lot better right he got <laughs> got by his guy and I, I got easy layups and dunks because of because of bd so i'm like you guys gotta recruit baron davis you gotta get him to come and so we ended up going to germany together and um i knew he was going to ucla most of the time and you know i thought that i was definitely gonna go play with him um at ucla it just didn't work out but he would he would stay with me um my parents basically took him in a couple times a bunch of times for the weekends when turn, different tournaments so bd would stay with us and he's just a really good friend and he was a fantastic player um, that no one really knew about until it was like junior senior year when he went to the all-american camps mm. at nike and, and just blew up and obviously ucla had a two and done career an nba all-star type fantastic point guard career but i'm telling you man if he was in the nba this it is private this the way the guards are in the nba now in scoring mm. that kid would be averaging like 26 27 <laughs> points a game he was a, he was such a special player um so fun to be around absolute comedy absolute comedy to be around as payment for your friendship he never posterized you so that's good <laughs> <laughs> oh man i always got out of the way i was, I was smart enough to choose which guys <laughs> to try to block and which guys to accidentally trip before i get the basket so lots to discuss with you. Let's start with this. Uh, this week, obviously, you wanted a game. There was no game to be had this weekend, so you guys are getting ready for a, a two for next week at Pacific and LMU. But uh, the story, at least for us, was Gideon George's Deep Blue just really landed and connected with people. What's it been like to have him on the team, and, and what has he added to the program? Such a special kid, um, not just a player on and off the court. Um, he's added – He's had a lot, like his versatility on the court in terms of his length, his athleticism, um, his ability to guard multiple positions, um, his rebound. He grabs rebounds. Um, he's the only one who can go out rebound at times, Caleb, right, <laughs> at the highest point. Um, he grabs rebounds out of the air. You're like, where did that come from, right? And he's 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 such a unique kid. Now, he's still learning, right? There's there's times where, um, you know, he's – he's the best player on the court. And then there's times where, you know, he's a little bit, a little bit still learning, right. Still learning. And that's going to come, you know, he's been, he's, he's going to come from, um, it's typical. And so we're working with every single day on the court. He comes in and watches film with coach Robinson or coach Pope or Keegan every single day. And he now kind of, uh, we had him in yesterday as a staff and we were watching ball screen defensive segment from practice. And we're having him talk us through, um, the defensive concepts and things like that. Like that's the kind of kid he is. He wants to, he, he, he you know, he, he's learning, he's soaking up and then he wants to, you know, vocalize it. Right. And, 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 and tell it for how he sees it. Um, he's such a beautiful human being in terms of where he's come from, his story, which I think most of Cougar Nation and a lot of the rest of the country has seen uh, maybe even the world, right. On his deep blue, um, just his background, <clears throat> the charity, his time out for Africa, um, and the things he cares about, what's important to him and how he hasn't lost perspective of where he comes, where he came from and what he's trying to get back. Um, I thought Brandon Goble did an unbelievable job narrating and putting it all in perspective. I called Brandon afterwards. I'm like, I know Gideon's story since the day he got here in the States and then from you. And I feel like I still learned so much watching that deep blue and I'm around this kid for a lot, you know, for every single day. Like I thought that's how, how well done it was. And so we're so grateful that we have them. Um, I can't wait for the fans to be able to get back and 
the, you know, the Marriott Center and on the road to be able to see Gideon live and see what such a, such a special, special human being he is. Chris Burgess with us on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball assistant coach. What role do you expect Gideon to play for the remainder of the season and as BYU tries to position for the NCAA tournament? Is he going to be a starter from now on? You know, <clears throat> every game to game, right? I think that right now he's probably continuing to start next week and it, um, we expect him <clears throat> we expect him to um, bring defensive energy. We expect him to um, run the floor, get on the glass, take open shots, make the right playoff ball screens. Um, we expect him to uh, give us the versatility that we need uh, during certain lineups that we're playing against, right? Like there's certain teams, you know, St. Mary's, if we end up playing them or, you know, even um, Pacific coming up that we're going to need to switch one through four and Gideon has that ability to be able to guard at times one through four, one through five. And so we expect his role to keep progressing, to keep getting better and keep within the, you know, the constructs of the team um, uh, and, and, and provide the spark that we, we think he can do. Um, that he's like, he's, I'm telling you, he still has so much, to grow, all of our guys do, but he still has so much to grow and get better and continue to learn and continue to be continue to be locked in on the on the game plan. And when he's doing that, and when he and he's stri- and striving to be like the teammate he is, um, we're, we're 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 a better team. There's three games left in the regular season. Two weeks left after this one before the West Coast Conference tournament, which should be interesting. We'll talk to you about that in a moment. Do you guys want to get a fourth game on there, or you just hope the three that you're going to play are being played, and then you end up playing St. Mary's only once? Yeah, you know, how many games? It's just been, it's just one of those years where it's like, all right, we have these three on the schedule and let's just hope we can play those three, right? Like, (laughs) hopefully those don't get postponed or canceled or shut down. If you can get a fourth one that makes sense, right? Like, we'd love to, you know, I know what guys would love to do it. We'd love to do it. It's just all about, um, it's honestly about how much, like, what the game, who the game is, you know, what quadrant it is. Does it make sense for, for us? Does it make sense for our team? Um, you know, I think the WCC, you know, is looking to make up a couple games here and there. And obviously we have a, an opening or two to add that. And so we'll kind of see. Um, it's just it's just a really unique situation. I think everybody in the country is in right with cancellations, postponements. And now it's, you know, trying to, um, you know, how can we improve in the net? How can we improve in Kempom? And, you know, what games what games make sense? Right. So what games do make sense? Is there a certain quad that you guys would hope for? Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know, I think a quad one makes the most sense, right? So, so you'd um, have to go on the road? You know, probably, you'd probably have to go on the road. Most likely, other than the Zags, there's no other really quad one in the um, at-home game for us. And so you, you, you need to go on the road. Um, yeah, and, and or you get an out-of-conference team that's a quad one that's willing to, you know, a, a really slam-dunk type uh, conference team that's, that's – um, willing to play neutral or, you know, willing to come to our place, a top 10 team, right. To come to our place or, or again, you go on the road. Um, those are all things I think, you know, coach Pope and Nick Robinson and, and Bobby Hordusky who do most of the scheduling are looking at. Um, but again, it has to, it just has to make, it just has to make sense. And, and there's a lot of things like some conference, conferences are not going to allow any more out of conference games. Right? right. And so there's those logistics too, that you're, that you're battling with. Does the WCC, are they cool with a non-conference game in the last two weeks? I think they are. I think they are. If um, you know, I think they are. I think it. I think it helps. Like I know the Zags have been chasing some team. At least you read on Twitter, right? The Zags have almost had Houston or almost had Villanova, right? In Salt Lake, right? You know, yeah. That's that's what that's what I've read, right? And so you you think that um, obviously the WCC would be fine with it. Um, Where I think before, you know, we were they're trying to try to make the games up. We're just running out of time, 
right? We're just yeah. running out of time and we're running out of teams. <laughs> they're all, they're, we've got some teams on pause. Understandably, so we, you know, there was, oh, sorry, go ahead. Understandably, the approach as you get set for the West Coast Conference tournament is a, a tricky one because we're hearing what Gonzaga is saying, like, oh, well, we want to be healthy and get to the NCAA yeah. tournament. That's the big one. So, where is BYU basketball mentally with the idea of playing in Las Vegas in the West Coast Conference Tournament as of February 12th? Yeah, honestly, um, haven't even talked about it. Haven't even talked about it as a staff, as a team. Um, we've been kind of focusing on this week, and as this week each day turns a page, now we've been focusing, sole focus has been on uh, next week, uh, Pacific, and then us getting better. Um, I think kind of, I just don't, I just don't know. Like we, 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 you know, we hear the rumblings and the kind of rumors and, you know, even, I mean, some of it, you know, you heard coach few talk about it on the SVP right after game. He's talked about that SVP show where he was talking about three or four teams up in Spokane. I think at one point we just don't know, right? Like as far as we know, it's like the ADs and the presidents are going to get together from the WCC schools and kind of figure this out. And then you saw that I think Rothstein tweeted out today that, you know, uh, our commissioner's like, no, we're, we're full plan on having the WCC in Vegas. And so everything you guys are here and I'm here in the same, at the same time, <laughs> right. Through our, our source, our sources are Twitter, just like you guys. So it's just, it's just kind of all up in the air, um, in terms of what could happen, but we haven't even, we haven't, honestly, we haven't really even talked about it. We just, we're just like, we got to take care of business at Pacific. And that's kind of been our focus. And it's intriguing because, uh, you know, for Gonzaga to me, it doesn't make sense for them to go to Vegas. Uh, you know, no. Why would you expose yourself potentially to someone with COVID you know. or a team, and then you're not ready for Indy no. or something? But I, I don't know how BYU feels about it. It sounds like you guys are just focused on Pacific at this point. Yeah, we're focused. And I understand, you you got to understand Gonzaga's, you know, where they're coming from, right? Because yeah. they got so much to lose. Um, the WCC tournament's earlier, so there's time to recover. Uh, but who who wants to stop practicing or stop, you know, lose that rhythm of doing things because you're on pause? I mean, it's just... I, I can understand that too, right? So there's, they just have so much. I, they have a lot to lose. They're, they're going to probably, most likely, be a number one or number two overall seed, right? And so they have a lot to lose. The good news is, Bury's comfortably in. So are you ready for seven uh, negative COVID tests before you uh, get to play in Indy? Yeah, we are, and I think we are. I mean, we we're doing. I think we're doing three times a week now. It feels like we're doing it every day, but we're probably doing three times a week and. We just got to keep, we got to keep, we got responsible guys. I mean, anything happened, we know that. Um, but our guys, you know, we have a few married guys, which helps, right? They're just, they're not really going out. There's not much really going on, right? Other than their online classes here at practice. And so I think our guys understand. And we're doubling down after every practice about um, like COVID precaution, taking care of yourself, being smart. And, you know, I think if we continue to do that and have a little luck, right? We, we'll get seven in a row. And, 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 We'll see what the – I think it's like with the WCC tournament ending a little earlier, all right, maybe there's the chance to go out to Indy earlier. I don't know. Just, there's, I'm sure that might be in play too. Yeah, they to, want – To just they, isolate yourself. Yeah, they want some of the teams to get there, you know, Saturday as opposed to late Sunday sure. or whatever. But, yeah, it's going to be an right. adventure. It's going to be crazy no matter what. Coach, we've been discussing yeah. uh, seeding as far as it relates to the NCAA tournament, best and worst case scenarios. You know, things that you clearly are not thinking about right now, but we are thinking about. <laughs> so we're, they're we're always thinking, thinking about, about the it. They're always thinking. <laughs> okay, so as we see BYU projected to make the field, and right now uh, most of the brackets have BYU as a nine seed, if not an eight seed. How much does that matter to you right now in terms of positioning for something like that? Because we obviously we'd love to see BYU climb the seating line, but 
How do you balance that as you try and just focus on the next game? Um, that's a great question. And I don't know if I have the right answer, but the thoughts, I think we always, we're so we're grateful to be, first of all, it's a testament to our guys um, and, and the schedule um, we've had and, and the, the job they've done thus far in the season to um, have some quadrant one wins and some, some good road wins where we're being considered, you know, a, a, like you said, an eight, nine seed as a credit to our guys. And so it's always fun to, you know, see Lenardi put some out and projected this and, um, you know, Greg Rubel tweeting out all the different numbers and all the different things we've accomplished this year. And so, but at the same time, we know next game is going to be our hardest game of the year. And so we don't want to lose sight and, and focus on Pacific who took us a do- double overtime here in Provo. Um, so we try to like, you, you look at those things, but then you, you got to get, you got to bring everything back to the team and what, and, and, and the th- things we can continue doing, which is getting better, um, get a couple more road wins. And like, you never know, right? Maybe improve the net ranking, maybe improve the Ken Palm ranking, maybe improve the eye test ranking, right? By some of the, the, the people that do the, the committee of the NCA. So I think that's what we're focused on is us and us getting better and us locking in on Pacific in our next appointed game. And if we can do that, right, then I think everything else will take care of itself. But, you know, we see it. Obviously, we're on Twitter. We're on social media. And we watch Sports Center, and we see all the things that they're talking about. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's exciting to be in that conversation, but there's still so much work to do, even though there's only three games remaining on our regular season schedule. He's probably the best shooter on the coaching staff. He is Baron Davis's <laughs> hype man. Don't his, tell that to Cody Finger. His name is Chris Burgess. <laughs> Chris, it's great to catch up with you. We appreciate the insight and everything that's going on in this wild year. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys. You got it. Chris Burgess on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Next time, I, and I should ask him about the three-point shooting I brought up um, because that's the thing that BYU at times has been good at, but I just want a little more consistency with. But, listen, the last couple games, they're going to get a chance to kind of hopefully get that to a better point. Jerem, sometimes they only shoot nine or ten a game. Well, I, I want BYU to shoot a little more. I do. Yeah. That's but, weird, but, right? But if, if that's not what's working on with this group, then it, it doesn't work. Okay, coming up, yes or totally yes? Get your blue goggles ready. And what record is Jamal Williams pacing for in the NFL? He's trying to catch LaDainian Tomlinson. Details next on BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Watch BYU Sports Nation right now. With Kiki Solano, it's Cougar Sports with a social media twist. A new episode will drop tonight. You can always watch episodes on demand on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Before we get to the whip, Jerem again, spin I'm, I'm that spinning this wheel too much. Now, consequence. We've been told we're not going to re-spin. We're just taking it. All right. It. What's it going to be, Jerem? What is it? Let's see. Bill or Ty? Okay, so you have to speak the rest of the segment in Ty Detmer voice. Oh, yeah, this is fun. Jamal. Jamal. <laughs> Let's go. You have to do the whip in Ty Detmer voice. This will be fun. Um, I'm excited to do this uh, <laughs> here at Brigham Young. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. You have a forever I've, quote I've, here. I've got a lot to read here. Uh, former NFL receiver Roddy White, I played with the Falcons as well, uh, tweeted the following about Zach Wilson. Mel Kuyper, do me a favor. Don't put Zach to the Falcons no more. I don't want no quarterback that can't beat Coastal Carolina on our team. No offense to Zach. This ain't about you. I wish all you the best. People going to say you hating on Zach, but I'm not he a good... 
I'm not here saying he's not a good player. He played good this year, but he isn't a top 10 pick based on what I see. He is on his average at best athlete, and as you can see in today's NFL, that don't work. It's a trend going on. It's called mobility. He ain't got that. What? Uh, what's your reaction to this? Zach Wilson doesn't have mobility? I'm sorry, did he watch any other game besides Coastal Carolina? Probably not. So that's an unfair assessment based on Coastal Carolina. His numbers weren't terrible, but if he watched Zach play any other game, he would know clearly that Zach is a great athlete that has a ton of athleticism and is everything that a dual-threat quarterback in the NFL should be. I, I compare him to, like, Russell Wilson. He's a smart runner. He's very athletic. I think he couldn't be more wrong. If we're judging people at their worst, then Roddy White had one catch in five games his junior year. <laughs> we shouldn't do that. I don't that. want him on my team. We shouldn't do that. Roddy was a tremendous player. Yeah. Spencer thinks that's elite. <laughs> All right, Jamal Williams, 91 touches without fumbling away from breaking LaDainian Tomlinson's NFL record of 712 straight touches without (coughs) coughing up the ball. You shouldn't be coughing on that mic in a pandemic. Yeah, it's probably true. Not the only one that uses it. (laughs) Is Jamal Williams going to get there and break the record? Oh, heck yeah. Uh, What's his name? Jamal. <laughs> he he coughed it Jamal? up only twice at Brigham in 755 touches. So, yeah, this is the thing. I think he's going to get there. It's at this, He's so close to it at this point. It's just a matter of what team he's going to be on when he breaks the record. Is anyone tuning in right now not understanding what's happening? <laughs> Jeremy and Ty Detmer voice because of the wheel of consequence. BYU Volleyball still number one in the ABCA poll, but falls to second in the media poll (laughs) after splitting with UCLA last week. They deserve to be number one. Yes, because we know that Will Stanley is the man, and when Will Stanley plays, BYU is the clear number one team in the country. Why did they lose to UCLA? Because Will Stanley wasn't playing. He was hurt. Yes, they deserve to be the number one team when they are full power, which they are right now. The first place votes were split in the ABCA. In the media, Hawaii won. I was one of four that voted Brigham number one still. So I believe BYU should be number one. If BYU and Hawaii play head-to-head, full full capacity, BYU's going to win that match. You know who's number one in touchdowns at Brigham and interceptions? This guy. (laughs) The BYU Athletic Department... Has a bunch of all-in experiences in auction mode right now that you can bid on, including running out the flag at the Utah game. Jerem, which one would you want to do the most? That one. Yeah, I, pro- I wouldn't mind running out the flag against Virginia either based on the Bronco Mendenhall scenario because it includes two tickets. Like, that game's going to be extra compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the streak with Utah, it's and fun. I'm, I'm surprised uh, they didn't have a hunting experience down in Austin. And I'm still waiting for them to post the BYU Sports Nation experience, too. That's an exciting one. <laughs> Jerem's going to speak in tight Coming up, the whole time. <laughs> today's Rise and Shadow. <laughs> and we play a newish game called Yes or Totally. Synchronized blue goggles for that. This is BYU Sports Nation. Jamal. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store 
official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. There's a new men's volleyball radio show called Over the Top with Steve Vale and myself as we take you inside Cougar Volleyball. Saturdays, 2.30 Eastern, on demand on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. We'll recap the Pepperdine match Friday. Talk with middle blocker Mickey Yowhyden and Coach Sean Olmstead. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live on a Friday in the studio bizzle. It's time to play Yes or Totally, where we decide if we are in or all in on a topic. Like, Brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. I want it to be the real MVP, but that's another. <laughs> okay, we'll work on that. Ben Bagley, what do you have for us? First one, Zach Wilson will be a top five pick in the NFL draft. Yes or totally? Totally! He's going to be a top five pick. He will be the highest draft pick in BYU football history after all is said and done because I don't think he's going to drop below four. The hype is too real, Jerem. Too many people are saying great things about Zach Wilson. Totally! He will be a top five pick. We do have nine or ten weeks. A lot can change. But, no, totally. Uh, he's either going to go two to the Jets or four to the five. Yeah, one of those. Two. Or two to somebody else who trades up to the Jets, mm-hmm. right? Maybe the Toronto Argonauts will trade up and get him. Who knows? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't, totally not seeing that Totally not. I know. I know. Number yeah. two. Ty Detmer as Roddy White is totally in on that four pick, by the way. Jamal? <laughs> All right, next one. BYU will climb as high as a 7 or 8 seed in the NCAA tournament. Yes or totally? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm not totally in on this. I think BYU could be a 9 or 10, depending on how things shake out. But, again, remember, if BYU's listed as a – last year, BYU – Lenardi had BYU as a 5. That means he said they would have been a 6 in the actual tournament. I'm a yes on this. Because historically speaking, when has BYU ever been granted the gracious overseed by the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee? Ever? Maybe in the Jimmer year? I thought, oh, they don't have Brandon Davies. Maybe BYU is going to well, fall to a four. Well, BYU was talked about as a one. They late got a in the three season. seed, which yeah. I was like, oh, it's favorable. I'll take it with no late, Brandon Davies. Late in the season, BYU was in the combo as a one. Yeah. That's that's the uh, the exception for me. Is that, I'm a yes on this. I hope, but... I. I don't feel confident BYU would be a seven seed. And oh, by the way, the resume update presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Net stays the same. Ken Palm down one. BPI down two. KPI stays the same. Stake the record down three. Sagarin stays the same. So yeah, BYU fluctuating between 22 and 33. That's a great spot to be in. Awesome. If BYU is to be a seven seed, they probably got to have a net inside the top 25. Yes, and Fox College Hoops tweeted out BYU is a 10 seed just a few minutes ago. I'm not opposed to that. Again, I'd rather be a 10, 11, or 12 than I would an 8, 9. You'd rather be an underdog? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next. Better second round game, too. BYU Hoops will play three more regular season games. Yes or totally? Totally. <laughs> BYU is going to figure out a way to play the three remaining games on the schedule, and even if one of those goes away, I can see – the aggressive scheduling tactics of Mark Pope and company to go get St. Mary's back on the schedule, or somebody from the Mountain West Conference calling Utah State, Colorado State, Nevada, any of those teams would be great. Especially if you play them on the road. Quad one, quad two games on the road. Yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I, I, totally. I think BYU plays at least those three, if not four. That'd be great. Next. BYU will win a Gonzagalus WCC tournament. Yes or totally? I am uh, totally on this. I think BYU goes in and wins that if Gonzaga's not there. Yeah. BYU has beaten 
the best teams in the West Coast Conference. Everybody else, essentially. They beat San Francisco on the road. St. Mary's on the road. Uh, lost to Pepperdine on the road, but on a neutral, on neutral floor, I like BYU's chances against yeah. the Waves, too. So, yeah. When, when there's not a wall 10 feet behind the basket, I love BYU's kids. I'm not... <laughs> Shout out to Firestone Fieldhouse. I guess St. Mary says that too, and San Francisco. I, I'm not all the way to totally on this, Jerem, because BYU hasn't won a conference tournament championship in 20 years. Well, what BYU does well is when someone's ineligible, they seize the moment. A one. I hope. You know, be like I hope that's the case. I'm, I'm still a yes on this. Yes. Okay, let's keep it moving. BYU football wins seven games next season. Yes. Or totally. Are you, totally. Are, you, are you saying exactly seven games or at least? What are you saying? Let's go at least. Okay. At least? At totally, Jerem. Yes, we discussed this yesterday. I think BYU has enough talent coming back on both sides of the ball, even with losing Zach Wilson and like seven other guys that want to play in the NFL. BYU's got enough talent coming back that they totally will win at least seven games next season. Here's why it's totally and not just yes. It's totally because I trust Aaron Rodgers and Fesitaki that offensively BYU would be good enough. 2017, BYU was not good enough because, uh, you know, they had issues, obviously, offensively with certain personnel and certain play calling and whatnot. So, no, I'm totally. It's different than 2017, although that gives me pause that that could happen, but it's like, I trust this staff a lot. Yeah, and Aaron Roderick's 2-0 and against Boise State when he's calling the plays. Indeed he is. So, there's that. Mm-hmm. All right, last one. BYU wins a national championship this spring. Yes or totally? Yes. I want to be totally, but it's just hard to win a national championship. So I am I am yes. I think men's volleyball and or men's cross country and or women's cross country get it done. Now, if if we're throwing everything in there, Cougar Reds, it's totally. <laughs> like, that's guaranteed, right? Yeah, that's... Like women's That's rugby, the, uh, yeah, 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 the default national championship right. from the Cougarettes. They're awesome. Yeah, if it's just spring sports, I'm with you. Yes, it's hard to do. How good has the Tom Homo era been in the Olympic sports specifically? And yet, Amazing. it was until last year that BYU finally got a national championship. It's hard to win one. That's why I'm never going to be like national title or bust. Even for men's volleyball this year, it's like listen. Get to the title game and then give it a go. I'm not going to be ticked at you not winning. Like, come on. I, I'm a yes there as, yeah. as, as you are. I want it to be national title or bust, but I just don't want to get hurt that bad. Coming up, the ladies are dominating. Yes. So a worthy rise and shout out to the elite women of BYU Athletics. Details on the way. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, review it, and rate it. Our question of the day. Does it matter to you what seed BYU basketball gets in the NCAA tournament? It's been six years since the Cougars have made it. They were supposed to make it last March, then this pandemic thing happened. What happened? Delaying it another year. So does it even matter to you what seed they are as long as they get in? Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. From at C-O-T underscore BYU football on the Twitter machine. Seed 8-9 to nine is tough because of the percentage guarantee to make it into the second round, but honestly, I'm just happy BYU will be able to play in it this year. 
I obviously hope BYU can win or earn a higher seed, but I'm happy right now with whatever the Cougars can get. Yeah, there's a certain amount of uh, you know gratitude just to be there, which would be great. But uh, you go there to win. Um, and and this, this group last year obviously was like a dark horse to do something really special and just make a crazy run potentially. <sighs> And you've seen what a few years, uh, a few teams over the years have done. Like Loyola Chicago going to the Final Four uh, in the last several years. Like, wow, who's our sister Jean? Let's figure that out. As an 11 seed, mind you, and George Mason went as an 11 seed as well in 2006. Like, like why can't BYU typically in the NCAA tournament doesn't upset a team who's a higher seed than than BYU is? So that's that's why I'm like, oh, just best seed equals best situation. In 2011, BYU was a three seed, beat a 14 and an 11. Lost to uh, two. In overtime. It was chalk, right? So hopefully BYU is a good seed, can win a matchup, and then have an upset. All right, today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. I'm going to give it to Guard Young and the Gym Cats, Jeremy. Oh, man. They're ranked number 11, highest ranking that they have enjoyed in his tenure as head coach, and it continues to climb. He has taken them from a team that was – Traditionally, somewhere around 28 to 30 in the national rankings, up into a consistently top 15 team. And they're doing it this year after losing their first All-American in 14 years, Shannon Evans. Yeah. That's incredible. It is incredible. And that's a program where you build it and you, you get talent in and they develop and it's awesome. Uh, shout out to Women's Hoops for me. 13-3 and three now at the Win at Pacific last night. Cruising. They are really, really impressive. They have some good weapons. They have an opportunity to make a splash in the postseason. Uh, we've talked about the Gonzaga men guessing they're not going to maybe maybe show up in Vegas. TBD on the women. I assume the women uh, would want to go and because they're not the number one overall seed in the whole NCAA tournament. But if they didn't, BYU would certainly be the favorite, um, in sure. my opinion, to win in Vegas, right? Um, and, and they just have all the tools, and they're a very fun group. Like They have great personality, great energy with them, great coaching staff. So it's just been a fun year so far. Doesn't hurt that Shaley Gonzalez has like five million views on TikTok either. Paisley Harding's awesome. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, February eighteenth, by the way, BYU Gonzaga women's side. Let's go. In Provo, Big game. the rematch. Big game. Our thanks to today's guest, BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess. Start to brother Dennis Pitta. Of- For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Hector LeBron. See you for BYU men's volleyball tonight at nine Eastern live on BYU TV against Pepperdine. Go Cougs.